The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Right now, we're going to start today where we have often over the two, over the past two weeks, that manhunt for Briar Schmigelski and Cam McLeod today. A team of Ontario Provincial Police officers is now reviewing numerous possible sightings of the two. And so far, they haven't been able to confirm that they are in Ontario. Of course, the last confirmation was Gillam, Manitoba. But there have been unconfirmed sightings across northern Ontario and Kapiskasing, uh, to name at least one place. Of course, the two are wanted for the second-degree murder of UBC botanist Leonard Dick and are suspects in the killing of Australian Lucas Fowler and his American girlfriend, China Deese. Uh, Lucas Fowler laid to rest uh, yesterday. We'll hear from his father coming up. Uh, but right now, joining us this afternoon, Dave McDonald, the founder of and lead instructor at the International Canadian School of Survival. Dave, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on the show. Oh my gosh, how many of, you, of these interviews have you done over the past two weeks? Uh, maybe 15 or 20. Maybe 15 or 20. And I think <laughs> one of the reasons why people want to talk to you, because, um, you know, there's a lot of folks out there, they're saying, you know, wonder if they're if they are they're dead, um, mm-hmm. but you believe that there's a, probably a pretty good chance that they're still alive. Yes, there is definitely a good chance that they're still going. And why if do you they're think- in the bush still? They could definitely still be alive. I mean, saying they're there or not, but yes, it's a, it's a good time of the year for them to be out there. Really, I mean, there's fish to be had, and there's berries, and there's lots of wild edibles, and there's lots of insects and. Uh, well, although evading would be very difficult to uh, harvest a lot of that stuff. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to ask you. How do you how do you try to how do you try to fish and maybe hunt for grouse and pick berries and do all of that stuff when, at least up until uh, you know just a couple of days ago, you were the focus of a huge manhunt when you had uh, police officers, you had dogs, you had Hercules flying overhead, you had Aurora aircrafts flying overhead. How do you do it? Well, they could do most of it under cover of the trees. Um, they could be sticking to the edge of the trees and picking the berries along the edge, I guess. Uh, they could be fishing where there's trees overhang or trees close by for quick cover if they need it. Uh-huh. Um, they can do it passively. They can set out snares and then just check the snares as it's getting dark out uh, or first thing in the morning or both. I mean, there's a difference between uh, surviving in the bush and being hunted in the bush, isn't there? Yes, there is a big difference. All right. So, you know what? I, I, you know, you're a, you're a survival expert. My husband and I love that show alone. We've been watching that. And we're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, my gosh, how do these people even do this? Um, you know, 44 days in, whatever whatever it is. I mean, there's lots of things to look at uh, look at here. And I think one of the big ones, uh, Dave, would be the, um, the relationship between the two and, and how that's panning out right now. Wouldn't you think so? Yes, that would be playing a major role in their... Uh, psychological well-being. Of course, if they're arguing and uh, or somebody's not pulling their weight, and or somebody gets sick, then all the weight is on the other person. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a lot of pressure and stress, and they under a lot of pressure and stress, anyways, just from the environment itself. Uh, let alone uh, being chased by numerous agencies. Yeah, exactly. So the psychological side of this, Dave, um, give us an idea of how your mind plays into this. Well, it'll make or break you. Um, it's your best tool, your worst enemy, <laughs> depending on um, how you keep it uh, going, uh, how mm-hmm. healthy you keep your mind. Uh, you know, you got to stay hydrated and you need enough calorie intake uh, to make proper decisions. Um, yeah. 
And, and calorie intake, that's a, that's a big one. I mean, uh, if you look at both of them, they weren't, uh, they weren't big boys necessarily to, to start with. So if they're not no. getting the calories in there, that could be a huge, huge issue. And water yeah. itself, I know that we think and we look at, you know, if, if we're saying that they might still be in, in northern Manitoba or if they're in northern Ontario, if, 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 because that's all we have right now. I mean, there could be water, water all around, but we also know that sometimes that that can be um, not good water as well so you have to be very careful with that as well don't you yes you do so how do you do that oh uh, there's different ways you can dig uh if you come to a really swampy area this is a survival technique huh. if you come to a really swampy area and you think the water isn't good to drink you can go back three or four feet from the edge and then dig down into the earth on the soil around it uh-huh. and then the water will leach through uh the soil into that uh-huh. hole and fill up that hole to the same level as the water that you're trying to get um, and then you just let it settle for about an hour and then it would be pretty good Dave could, have, you know it would be filtered pretty good Dave um, question for you how does one become a survival expert <laughs> good question first you got to come and take my training <laughs> <laughs> how did you how did you become a survival expert oh, uh, I grew up in the Bay Quinney area Toronto Mississauga when there was still fields between the two yeah um, and then uh, my grandfathers were hunter, fishermen, trappers. They told me stories, you know, and them growing up and how they had to look for their own food and harvest their own food from the land and grow their own food. And then I joined Army Cadets. Yeah. Uh, spent five or six years in there. Then I did a year in the Toronto Scottish yeah. uh, Reserves. And then I did uh, 19 years search and rescue. Oh, okay. Six in the Air Force Survival School. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So there you go. Did you say Bay, the Bay Quinty area? Yes. Oh, yes. yeah. I lived in Belleville for a long time. Oh yeah. Anyway, great. Yeah, it's a beautiful part of uh, the beautiful part of the country. So uh, we talked a little bit psychologically and the kind of that will to survive. And and I, and I wonder sometimes, you know, if they're still alive. And I, again, you know, if I look at my text line over the past couple of uh, weeks, and, and you're probably getting it too, Dave. There's all sorts of armchair quarterbacks out there saying, okay, they've done this, they've done this, they're dead, whatever, it, whatever it is. Um, that will to survive at this point, and you know, would this be? Could it turn into a, a game for them? Well, you know, it's a game for anyone trying to survive out in the bush. Right? Mm, I guess it's one way of putting it. Death or comfort or suffering. So, um, you either make the moves to make yourself in a better position, or you fail miserably mm-hmm. and curl up in a ball. Yeah. Um, and the how much? The thing is, is uh, they're not going to be getting the calories they need. And yeah, they're going to probably be dropping at least a pound a day. I bet. That's what's moving, happening on a loan right now. Yeah. So uh, that would play a major factor in their health and mm. energy levels, which plays a major factor on their psychological. Absolutely. And, you know, how much experience do these guys have? You know, we've heard some talk that, you know, they, they, they had some, but, you know, how much do you need to survive out there? This time of the year, you know, not too much. I mean, it'd be helpful for sure. It would make you a lot more comfortable, mm-hmm. but you could suffer through it. I mean... Uh, the soldiers in concentration camps suffered yeah. through worse yeah. because they didn't have access to food and drinking yeah, water you're and right. all the rest of it. And they went a lot longer than these guys have been in the bush for so far. So, you know, when it's like this and, um, you know, if they're still together, are they better together? Yes. In the bush, definitely you're better to have a buddy. Use the buddy system. Always be checking on each other, making sure you're drinking. You're cutting the workload in half. You're 
doubling uh, uh, the chances of getting wild game or fish because you got two or three lines in the water or mm. four lines and you can be in different spots doing mm. it. Um, you can look after each other in case somebody does uh, get beaver fever and get yeah. sick from the water. Mm. Then you've got somebody to feed you more water and look after you while you're sick. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's uh, it's it's been it's been fascinating to watch this unfold. Uh, and of course, scary and sad when you look at what is what has happened to those uh, those those three victims. But to you know, to try and figure out um, what has happened with these two and where they are and and what they might have pulled off or not. I mean, yeah. it's um, I mean, someone has got to go back and and look at this and and write a they- book about it someday. If they never, if they did go into that bush mm-hmm. and they don't come out, we may never know. Well, and that's the other thing, right? <laughs> if never, if they are, if closure. they, yeah, if they have died in there, would would eventually an animal eat them? Well, yeah, everything will eat them. Yeah, everything: the squirrels, the birds, the insects, uh, everything. Mm-hmm. What happens? What ha- Yeah, true. What happens though if your resolve starts to to wear down? How hard is that to keep on going? It's very, very difficult to bounce back. I mean, you're low in calories and all you want to do is sleep, but you know you need to get up and do stuff and you can't make yourself do it. You just lay there until finally you're not able to get up and do stuff. Uh, or if you do try and get up and do stuff, you fall and get injured. Mm-hmm. Um, you've watched that show alone. You know, it's like when they get really low in calories and they start you know, almost blacking out and feeling dizzy and tripping and cut injuries and burn injuries. Yeah, Dave, that's exactly what was happening on the show last night. It was interesting. You were talking about trying to get the calories that you need, and there was one fellow on there who was, um, you know, dropping a pound uh, a pound a, a day, but he had been eating moose, but the moose is so lean, is he's not lean. getting the fat, and that's You've it. You've got to work super hard to harvest that moose Yeah, to process it. It's a lot of work, and you need to keep that fire going, and now you've got the extra stress of mm. predators coming in, and that's yeah. another thing, too, right, if you're not... Um, you know, cleaning your campsite and cleaning yourself often and you've got fish or uh, grouse remains on you or something, the bears will smell that. And if you're hiding, you're not making any noise or or showing yourself. So the bears are going to come in really close and that can cause confrontation. Yeah, and the difficulty to, excuse me, and the difficulty of trying to, you know, if you're trying to do things at nighttime and stay undercover and, you know, light a fire to stay warm, if it's getting chilly at night, it's hot during the day, chilly at the uh, chilly at nighttime, those are all sorts of different challenges as well. To, to, to move under the, the cover of darkness adds a whole other layer to it, doesn't it? Yes, it's super hazardous moving at night. Mm. Super hazardous. You get injured real quick. Um, now, you know, if, and again, you're, you're a, you're a survival expert. I mean, there's talk maybe that they've, they've hit the road. They could be in a town somewhere, that sort of thing. Um, and, and, yeah. And you know, that, does that set, that presents a whole different set of challenges. Are you better together in a, in an urban setting compared to, or should you break up at that point? You know, uh, I, 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 I think you are always better together. Do you? But you may separate. Mm. You know, um, but uh, you need somebody watching your back all the time, especially if you're 
know, trying to get away from people. Yeah, exactly. Dave McDonald is the founder and lead instructor at the International Canadian School of Survival. That's a great title for a school. Uh, he <laughs> is a, a survival expert, and, and we've talked to a, a number of uh, survival experts over the past uh, couple of uh, couple of weeks, and it's uh, it's been fascinating to gain uh, insight to it. And uh, I appreciate your time this afternoon, Dave. Really do. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank, Thank you so much. Dave McDonald joining us this afternoon. Again, you can find out more information at the International Canadian School of survivors uh, survival so I don't know I don't know you guys I honestly uh, I'm starting to think that they might have been out of Gillum Manitoba before that we even knew that they were there um, there was an interesting story one of the victims um, is uh, Lucas Fowler of course and uh, Lucas Fowler and uh, his girl- girlfriend uh, China China Gallant, or China Dees, sorry, uh, China Dees. Um, they were two uh, of the victims here. Um, yesterday, Lucas Fowler was laid to rest. There was a funeral in uh, in Sydney, Australia. Hundreds of people were there, including Australia Australia's federal police minister. Uh, you'll remember that Lucas's father, Stephen Fowler, is a chief inspector for New South Wales. Uh, he spoke at the funeral and said his son embraced life. We're so happy that Lucas and China found each other and had such a great time traveling together meeting new friends and just milking every last drop of fun out of life. They laughed and loved and touched the hearts of everyone they met. Lucas lived a life that many of us envied. He didn't just dream of travelling, he worked and saved and made it happen. He lived off the smell of an oily rag to get to places we've never heard of. And along the way, forged many friendships. He met the love of his life and was at his happiest. We so look forward to having China in our family. Her mother tells us that China wanted their kids to have an Aussie accent. That is uh, Stephen Fowler, the father of Lucas um, Fowler, who uh, was laid to rest yesterday afternoon. We'll take a break here when we come back. Social media playing a bit of, well, big role uh, in this. We'll talk with Paula Todd about uh, those impacts. Stay with us.